Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 204. So many people nowadays aren't passionate about what they do. Just be passionate about what you do. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Billy Hammond, otherwise known as JetBoat. Billy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Okay, awesome. Billy Hammond, a.k.a. Jetboat, is the CEO of Action Vehicle Engineering. He's combined over 30 years of car experience and 20 years in the film industry, and his vehicles are legendary. He's worked as a mechanic in multiple racing venues, including the Indy 500, Daytona 500, and the 24 Hours of Daytona, and he's been part of numerous automotive commercials and films. We all played with Hot Wheels as a kid. Billy plays with full-size, real-life Hot Wheels that he builds. Billy partnered with Mattel to create a full-size Hot Wheel car, and he's coupled with Mattel in a way that Billy takes part in events that, well, they're pretty wild and pretty crazy. He owns three world records, including the world's longest jump of 332 feet, a giant corkscrew that's 92 feet tall, and a double-dare loop that he built for the 2012 X Games. Billy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about some of the wild and crazy stuff that you do. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for big toys? It's been a great journey over the past you know, five years with Mattel and over 25 years in the film industry, 20 years in the film industry, and another 10 years in racing prior to that on top race teams like racing and Indy cars. Uh-huh. I worked with a driver, my best friend in the world, Greg Tracy, you know, over the past 30 years and all of his driving and, and world records and stuff, which has just been a, a, a thrill and a treat, you know, as well. Sure. And I work with some of the best drivers in the world, I think, you know, Tanner Fowles, Greg Tracy, people that I get to build cars for and see my cars do things that no other cars in the world can do, which is pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm 46 years old and I still have a lot of years left and, and I think it's, you know, it's been a great journey so far. So far, I think so. You've had a wild ride. <laughs> As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. I like to ask my guests for some kind of quote or a mantra that they think has had some meaning in their life. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Billy, take the wheel. 
One of the th- things I always say, and I tell this to a lot of people, you know, in the film industry especially, and, and, it, and it, I think it, it leads off into, into life in general. You know, when you're doing a job and you're, you're actually working on that job now and you're getting paid to do a job and you're working for any client, you're working for, you know, a production company or a movie or somebody, you've already got that job. So my thing that I always say is, you know, I'm not working for this job anymore. I'm working for the next job. Hmm. So we have to give 110% on this in order to get the next one. I say that so much to, to my employees and to everybody. Hey, we got this one now, guys. Let's work for the next one. Let's do everything we can do on this one. So everybody looks at this as being a success to get us the next one. Oh, and yeah. I, 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 learned that, I learned that early on. And another thing I would say, too, I'll give you two, is, yeah. is if you're on time, you're late. <laughs> if you're on time, you're late. So, so if you're if you're on, you know, you have a, a meeting at three o'clock and you get there right at three o'clock, well, you're late. Yep. Normally, you know, we're fifteen to thirty minutes early. We dealing with 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 cars. You know, when we're building a car. You know, we might only have five days to do it, but we're doing it and we're going to be on time. We're not going to be late. And and that's something. You know, when we did the bone shaker for Mattel, it was our very first life size Hot Wheels, and we did it in five weeks from scratch. Wow. And I really, you know, I take pride in in, in being on time. So that that's something, you know. Well, definitely important when it comes to the film industry or in the commercial industry and racing. You cannot be late. So uh, fantastic. And in the film industry, yeah, you're only as good as the last show you did. <laughs> so you've got yeah, to be. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, and, that, and that's absolutely right. And I think that's through life. You yeah. know, I think that's through life. Or You're only as good as the, the last project you did. And, and I really, I believe that. And, and fortunately, knock on wood, I, I've, I've, kept most uh, 99.9% of my clients. There might have been one slip through that, that's been unhappy for some other reasons that maybe were out of my control. But mm-hmm. yeah. if I can control it, everybody's going to be happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Would you share with me a story that instigated your passion for cars? Tell me that pivotal moment as you remember it when you really knew you were a car guy. I was always a racer. But I grew up with a great family, the Tracy family, who Greg and Gary Tracy are two of my, they're like my brothers, but we started about eight, nine years old. I started racing, riding motorcycles. And mm-hmm. my dad would never get me a motorcycle. He, he literally said, you're just too, they're too dangerous. Well, we got a place in the cow zoo in Arizona and in North California. I met this family and they talked my dad into getting me an actual ATC, which ATCs are way more dangerous than motorcycles. They outlaw oh, yeah. them for yeah. God's sake. Especially those old three wheelers. Exactly. That's what he got me, the three wheeler. So that was even more dangerous. So so I was really good on it. And, and then I got a two wheeler, which I got to be really good and got and started racing with the Tracys. And I think where I realized after we stopped racing motocross and we still rode and I still ride to this day. I ride once a week and, and, and try and, and stay up on it. But, I felt we got into go-karts because at the time, you know, the transition from motocross was really hard. People were getting hurt a lot. It was back in the late 80s. We got into go-karts, and it was right when go-karts were actually becoming this mainstream thing for people to go race in order to become a race car driver, and that's what we all wanted to be as race car drivers. I guess, you know, any kid wants to do that. Growing up, playing with Hot Wheels and, and, and want to be race car drivers. Yeah. Well, I realized at that age that I was a lot better at working on the cars and making the cars go fast for the people that actually could go fast in them and, uh, and win. And, okay. and I think early on, we, we, we spent six months in Peru when we were 21 years old and, and raced in Peru, got invited the three of us to go down there. I think then I, I really realized watching my stuff go fast 
was so much more gratifying to me than actually being in the car making me go fast. Oh, and I cool. think at that age, I kind of, I kind of looked at that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I got into the film industry shortly after that. Well, actually, back up. I started on IndyCar teams and raced. I got invited to be on RCR Racing's IndyCar team, and really loved it at that time as a pit crew. You know, inside rear tire. And did a bunch of bouncing around from there to Daytona, and we mean and and helped with Daytona, 24 hours Daytona, and I didn't get in the film industry until I was about 26, 27, right when the split happened with IndyCars, when mm. I stopped doing the the actual crewing because it was kind of a weird transition. Getting the film industry with a bunch of friends of mine, Greg Tracy being one of those, who's a stunt driver, and it just started from there. So, yeah. so I think I think. But as I was about 21 is when I really realized that was that was where I was, you know, the gratification I had sure. from putting the, the fast people in my cars and seeing my stuff do stuff that other people, you know, that, that other things couldn't be done, you know. There's a famous saying on Days of Thunder oh. where they say, you know, I've seen him do stuff in my cars that no one else has ever done. <laughs> well, that's it's true, you know, yeah. it's true. Yeah, Fantastic. Billy, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you, you've driven down and crawl under the hood here, get our hands a little dirty, something you're not afraid of, <laughs> and ask you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you've faced. You've worked in industries that are fraught with challenges. The most important part of this has to do with how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. I think going through this whole questionnaire for you, I think it's the hardest question is asking about the failures and how I faced those failures and how I overcame it and moved on. I, I've been trying to think of the failures that I've had. I know there's been a bunch, you know, uh, and, and I don't look at things as failures either. I look at them as learning. Wonderful. Every single job you do and every single job I do, I look at it before it's done. It's it, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. You know, before I even start the job, okay, what what am I going to do before I fail? And if I fail, which which then you strive for that from that point on not to fail. And and I always look at every job going, God, if I if I don't do this job, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So I, I've tried looking at this question. I've really tried to rack my brain and find out what I failed on. Let let me tell you something I could have failed on. We we <laughs> might not have made the world record jump in Indy in 2011, I believe it was. Uh-huh. We might not have made it 332 feet. That would have been a huge failure. The loop at the X Games. You know, I'm putting my best friend in the car to do the loop, and if he fails, he dies. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's some serious pressure. So that's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And that's, you know, I do a lot of cages uh, for, for stunts. A lot of my best friends, all of my best friends that, that you know, we're chasing since we were five years old. Uh-huh. And I, I, if Faust as well, Tanner Faust um, is, is in, it was in yellow car, Greg Chase is in green car. Either one of those fail, fall out of the loop. There's no way that I could have built something strong enough to hold that. Yeah. But it would have been a huge failure. So, so I've looked at that, you know, and I've moved forward. The, you know, but it, it, it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. yeah. you can't you can't dwell back on it. But the stories I tell about it, those are the, my biggest fears. Okay. So here's the answer to that question. Yeah. The fear of failure, mm-hmm. I think, is the my biggest fear is to fail. Fear is a huge 
piece of entrepreneurship. It's it's what stops people from doing things. And I have a great ac- acronym for fear. I've always thought of false evidence assumed real. And that is thinking of fear as everything that could go wrong. In your business, you have to think about everything that could go wrong because it has to do with saving somebody's life. But getting past that fear and having the confidence to move forward and realizing that you might be worrying about some things that you don't need to worry about. Focus on the things that you do need to worry about, the things you do need to work on. And I think that fear, you can overcome that fear. But fear stops so many people from doing things in their lives. From doing anything. Yes, yes. So uh, I understand. I did learn on an early age, you know, racing motorcycles. If you have fear, you're going to crash. You're going to hurt. You're going to get hurt. You could die. Mm -hmm. And, and, And in my business, like you just said, the questions and I try and cross all the T's and dot all the I's so somebody doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Somebody doesn't get hurt in my equipment. And if I didn't do that, I might as well not be in business. Absolutely. And then if people can't stop living because you're afraid. And we did a movie called Dust of Glory years ago that's about the Baja 1000 and big theatrical release. And I'm jet, that's where my nickname Jet Boat kind of, kind of became my true nickname. But Rick Johnson, a famous motocross racer, if he hit somebody on the race course, would he feel bad? Yes. Would he, can he stop his life and, and change his direction of life because of that? No. And that's the same thing looking at fear is you can't stop your life and change your direction if you're afraid. You've got to still go forward and move forward with it. Let's shift gears here, Billy, and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story with us. When you had a real aha moment in your career, it's one of those times when you realize that an idea or a concept really had some merit and could go someplace. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Mattel, how I got involved with Mattel is 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 a company named Bandito Brothers Production, which is owned by one of my best friends, Mouse McCoy. Greg Tracy, me, Greg Tracy, and Mouse McCoy, since we were about 16 years old, have been me and Greg since we were five. Mouse was a top motocross racer back in the in the late 90s, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and and he, we were best friends. Well, he is one of the ones who got me in the film industry. His dad, mm-hmm. Greg Tracy, the, the stunt coordinator. I'm the car guy now, the car builder for Bandito. Mouse owns and directs there, and he did a movie called Act of Valor. Dust of Glory, um, and a few other uh, the films and a lot of commercials. Well, Mattel came to the, came to Bandito and had a concept with a company named um, Mistress, and Mistress is the ad agency. They came and had a concept about doing this Hot Wheels for real mm-hmm. and building life-size Hot Wheel cars to do these stunts and do these world record stunts. So the producer at the time there, Bandito, had the great idea to bring me, Greg, and Mouse into a room with the folks from Mattel and Mistress which isn't done a lot of in Hollywood. Normally, I don't get hired until the job's already awarded to the companies. Mm-hmm. Well, as we sat there, the people, Mattel walked in, and it was two amazing people, Heather Miller and Chris Bauman. They didn't know us, but they walked in, and Heather Miller was a huge motor, motorcycle fan, and she recognized the three of us from Dust of Glory. Mm. At the end of, end of our pitch, end of everything, the end of it, she goes, you guys have lived this life, what we're trying to portray. You guys have the job. So that kind of started the whole thing, the whole craze of, uh, you know, the whole Hot Wheels deal. And, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And I guess that is the aha moment for that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. But I do have another one that, that just happened last week that 
we can go ahead and announce it because it's it's, it's something that's happening. Well, I don't you know I don't know if you know this yet, but I'm going to announce. You can announce it on your show if you'd like. Okay. A man named Eddie Braun, who is a stunt, very predominant stunt man in the stunt world. He is for the last thirty years. He is going to recreate and jump the Snake River like Evil Knievel did oh, in, a, in a rocket called Evil Spirit. And it's on my website. The rocket's on the website. You can take a look at it. Mm-hmm. He is going to do exactly the Truex family who built the original rocket that has already built the rocket that's going to jump. I've got the show rocket in my office shop right now. They've already built and engine tested and everything. The actual real rocket is going to go over the Snake River. Eddie Braun, in the summer of 2015, will be jumping the Snake River, and I'll be a part of that whole, oh my whole jump. <laughs> the Knievel family is involved. Kelly Knievel has, has supported this 100%. My biggest aha moment was meeting with Kelly Knievel last week in Las Vegas, and I am going to have the opportunity. It's not, you know, I have the opportunity now, if we can get it all done right, to restore some of Evil Knievel's projects that he had had built back in his day his wheelie wheelie dragster and his his actual jet cycle mm-hmm. that he had i'm going to actually have the opportunity to restore those and oh, bring those wow. back wow fantastic wonderful oh exciting well thank you for sharing that yeah. that's fantastic i know you've had many proud moments in your career but if you could pick just one that really made you feel great what would it be I'm going to pick three, okay. <laughs> the three world records that, that we have. The, yeah. The, the jump that Tanner Faust did in Indy was just unbelievably proud. The loop that we did at, at X Games was just such a hard feat. Loop and the jump. I mean, that 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 was so difficult and so nerve-wracking for two, three months yep. that I think I'm proud of every single person that's involved. Our world record corkscrew job, Brent Fletcher did that, and it's just, it's just, those are very proud, proud moments. Yeah. That not a lot of people in the world can, can actually see. You know, another big proud moment is, you know, I've built 14 cars, life-size cars that they've made Hot Wheels from. So not a lot of people can say that. <laughs> Nobody. I don't think anybody can. So fantastic. Those are <laughs> awesome. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? Not so much your first car. But the one that was really special to you, and if you could share a memory you had with that vehicle. I'm going to say it because it was my first car, mm-hmm. and I think it's a, still a really neat car. I'm going to actually find one and, and have one, put it in my collection and have one. It was a Volkswagen truck, a rabbit truck diesel. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, too. By the time I was 21 years old, I had owned over 26 different cars. Oh, my gosh. So... Uh, you know, no, knowing it, knowing at that early age, if I wasn't a car guy, then I don't know who is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think that that was a spe- really special to me because it was my first one, and I yeah. think that I think everybody's first one. You know, I, but now I can't really pinpoint w- one more over the other. I have so many cars now. <laughs> Wonderful. I do own one that's really really special to me now that I got to I had the opportunity to build last year which is Mario Andretti's very first, a replica of Mario Andretti's very first race car that Aldo and Mario built back in 1957 to 1959. What kind of car is that? It's a 1949 Hudson Hornet. Well, I got the opportunity through Sony Gran Turismo 5 or 6, whatever's out now, through Sony PlayStation to recreate this car for Mario. Being on the IndyCar teams, I knew Mario back when I was young. Mm-hmm. 
And I just finished working with Mario on a project for Hot Wheels, so we were we were fresh in each other's minds, or I, he was fresh in my mind. But they came to me and said they showed me a picture, a very famous picture of Mario and Aldo, and three of Mario's friends sitting beside this red number seven Hudson Hornet that they had built it was their very first car. And again, I've known Mario for years, and I didn't know that this this was the story behind Mario. I assumed Mario raced in Italy. And he came over here. That's how why he moved to the United States is the race. But right. no, they they immigrated here at 17 years old. They were eating dinner the first week here. And this is all from Mario. This is on Sony's. We did three 15-minute segments on this, uh-huh. me building the car, the car driving, and Mario talking about this story. They were sitting at dinner, and they hear this roar down the street. And him and Aldo, his twin brother, ran down the street and there's the, the dirt track, and they looked at each other, and they jumped on the fence, and they looked, and they go, this is doable. We can do this. <laughs> yeah. So within a week, they gathered their friends there in Nazareth. Their parents had no idea that this was going on. Wow. They found a car in a field, which is, you know, at the time, NASCAR, the Hornet was, was killing everybody in NASCAR. And there was, there was a five- or six-year period there where the Hudson Hornet was the car. Yeah. They found the car in a field, and they bought it. And they had to take a note out in order to buy it. And they, they put it in their uncle's garage, which that garage to this day in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, is still there. Wow. I've been there. And every day they would work on it, every night. They had to do it at night because their parents had no idea. <laughs> it took them two years to build. Wow. They bought an engine from J.C. Whitney out of the catalog. Bought an engine. Okay, when they very first went to race the car, they, they befriended the person at the local track. They got a couple de- test days, but they went to get their license, and they had to be 21. Well, they were just 19. They figured it would take them four years, and they started when they were 17 to build this car. They had no idea that they were going to be done in two years. To this day, they think that their license still reads two years younger than they really are. Oh, because and of that. And that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's very neat. cool so, story. And that, that's straight <laughs> from Mario, too. Yeah. Now, they built this car. Well, in that famous picture, there's another really famous person in there that I think is a very significant part of our racing heritage as well. It's Larry Slutter. Larry Slutter was the person who brought the Cosworth into the United States. Mm. Okay. So there, there's another really significant person. Yeah. Well, they go and they're very first, they flip the coin for either Aldo or Mario to race the car. Aldo got the coin tossed. Aldo went out and won the very first race. Mario raced the next time Mario won. So they raced that car for six months. Aldo actually crashed the car and got put into a coma. Mm. Here's the crazy part as well, is their parents still didn't know they were racing. They had to tell their parents that Aldo slipped on the back of the truck while they were watching the races in order for them to oh not gosh. know they were racing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so so it's just to, to me, if that would have been stopped, they would have been stopped doing this. We wouldn't have Mario Andretti. Yeah. We wouldn't have the Andretti family. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a really great part of our, our racing history. Wonderful. To know, people, people should know that. Yeah. Well, I got the opportunity to build that car for Mario and for Sony. So I have built an exact replica of that car. It's here in my shop, and Mario has driven it and signed it and all that whole thing. So Very that's a pretty cool. special car to me. Very special for sure. Thank you for sharing that. What a wonderful story. <laughs> How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you let go that you really yeah. wish you could have back? I just sold my Lotus Savaro. Ooh, which I love, and, and, and I only sold it because some yeah somebody called and and and, and offered me some money for it, and I yeah. sold, and I shouldn't have. But I, you know, I was building something else at the time, sure. and I needed to do it. So yeah, I did well, it. we all so, have yeah. those stories. At least you got to spend some time yeah. with it. That's what's important. Yeah, 
Yeah. How yeah. about current projects? Is there something you guys are working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? There's a ton of them, but there's three that I can't talk about because mm-hmm. they're, they're secret projects for people. But I'm building a 1965 Galaxy, and we're doing it all old school versus new school. We're doing a lot of tin work inside. It's going to be a, a NASCAR style. Mm-hmm. So we're actually using NASCAR tires. Nice. And, and then everything else, we're, do, we're using a NASCAR front clip, NASCAR rear clip. Or the dashboard's going to be carbon fiber. So we're actually doing a little bit of old school with new school. And when we do a project, you you don't skimp on anything and you do everything. You know, everything else is work projects. Yeah. I don't consider these work projects. These, yeah. these are my, 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 my play projects. Works of passion. Works of passion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Billy. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I, you know what? I wrote it down. To go to find that out and ask my guys because it's the same thing as if you were a dog, what kind of car, dog would you be? I've <laughs> yeah. heard that question before. <laughs> and that's a hard one. You know, I, I'm going to say right now an amphibious car because I love boat. And I, I love boats and the water and I love cars. Okay. So I'd like to be an amphibious Ferrari. Amphib- Ferrari. Oh, no, there's a unique one. Something you could build, yeah, an, an amphibious, amphibious Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari, yeah. Amphibious 458 Ferrari. Let's do that. <laughs> there you go. That sounds pretty wild. And I think you could build it too. There you go. <laughs> There's the next Hot Wheels car. (laughs) Fantastic. There you go. Exactly. We're about to enter the last lap, but before we do, here's a word from our sponsor and Cars Yacht guest, Dwight Knowlton. Carpe Viem. Seize the road. It's the motto at CarpeGear.com, where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an inspirational award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kids' car book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the little red racing car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find his book, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at CarpeGear.com. And be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's CarpeGear.com, C-A-R-P-E-Gear.com. All right, Billy, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And you're a race guy. You know what this means. The white flag's out, pedal to the metal. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Be original and do it do it the way that, that you feel it should be done. There you go. Perfect. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? I think people skills, something that I, I cherish. Do you have a resource that you would like to share with our listeners? I know there's a lot of them out there with the website these days, but is there one in particular or maybe a blog that you get that you think is pretty cool? You know what? That's another hard question because there's so many of them out there. I do so much for so many different people, and they do so much for me. So I don't know if I want to leave anybody out there. You know, there is somebody out there that that does a lot for me, and, and I have a ton of his helmets. I have Troy Lee Designs. Troy Lee, he, he's somebody that, oh, yeah. that that I've always looked up to as a designer and as a, as a painter, and I do a lot with him. That, that's somebody I really want to plug. How about a book? Is there one book in particular you've enjoyed in the past that you think the Car Show listeners should read? Early on in my career, I, I read Engineer to Win, hmm. and I really think that helps me 
with my skills of what I do now. Because I, I go back to that book all the time to look at stuff. So Wonderful. I think Engineer to Win. Engineer to Win, great. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these resources at carsyacom slash Billy Hammond. All right, Billy, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like, what would that one vehicle be and why? I just saw it and I just was able to look at it in person. Oh, yeah? On Sunday, I met Bruce Myers. I went to Bruce Myers' yeah, shop. Another guest here at Cars, yeah? Yes, in, in, in Beverly Hills. It's a really neat, neat uh, museum that he has there. And he is such a great, passionate guy yep. about cars. And, and I've been to everywhere. I've been to Jay Leno's garage. I've been, I've been all over. And, and I think seeing the number one Shelby, the very first Shelby off the, the assembly line, yeah. is really... You know, I, I think Carol Shelby is such a great, was such a great person and has been such a great person in, in, in all of our lives that seeing that one and, and just, I don't even care that it's worth millions of dollars. I really think that is one of the most unbelievable cars in the world. I got the, uh, from the horse's mouth, Bruce Myers on Sunday, because there is another one that's number one, and that's in Carol Shelby's collection, but that is the prototype number one. Yes. This is the assembly line number one, I believe, is yep. how, we, uh-huh. how we put it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a fantastic car. I've been fortunate enough to see that car myself, and you picked a really great car. Awesome. Great. Billy, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew it would be a wild ride, and I've really enjoyed the stories you've shared with me, and I want to thank you for those. Could you give our audience one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Shelby Cobra? <laughs> Just, you know, follow everything that you want to do, your dreams. Don't Don't give up. You know, I, I didn't start with money. I started with dreams, and I started working really hard at a young age to get to where I'm at, you know, and be passionate about everything you do. So many people nowadays aren't passionate about what they do. Just be passionate about what you do. Yes, absolutely. No matter what it is. <laughs> Great advice. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything here at carsyad.com. Just put Billy in the search box, and his show notes page will pop up with all of his wonderful inspiration. Billy, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. It's been really great. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Hey, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!